Each adult is issued 32 troopers that with proper care and just a little discipline should serve you well during your entire tour of duty on this planet. They're called your teeth. But when your platoon gets out of line, holes in the formation, or other problems, you need to call in an expert like General, uh, Dr. William Farrell with decades of experience keeping those troops in line and executing their assigned duties properly and dependably. If you'd rather not be there while he reestablishes order amongst the troops, Dr. Farrell offers sedation dentistry. He and his highly trained staff will whip your troops into shape without any discomfort. And having served himself in both the Navy and the Marine Corps, Dr. Farrell offers special consideration to veterans. Let him take the best care of your platoon of teeth, and they will serve you always. Call 547-5757 or visit palosidrodentistry.com. At ease. And for a limited time, Dr. Farrell is offering x-ray, exam, and cleaning for just $175. Call 547-5757 to schedule your visit. Sitting on a bar stool. Kind of short and kind of square. Through the foam in his mustache. His voice filled the air. Talking about a state of mind, son. Talking about the state of Jefferson. It's a wave on a dusty road. It's a logger's heavy load. It's a cattle on the hill. It's a range full of pills. It's a way of life settles in your soul. Settles in your soul. We said it together. We did. Good morning, Jefferson. How you doing, Terry? Doing good, Wynn. Good, good. Did you did you get wet last night? Yes. <laughs> yeah, we did, huh? Yeah. We did. We got real wet last night. Boy, that was something driving down. We went down to Willows, California to see Patsy and Monty Carter. For their 60th wedding 60th anniversary. 60th wedding anniversary. Which uh, was awesome. Mm, real patriots. Uh, great people. Uh, Patsy and uh, Monty started a tea party there in 2010 in Glen County, and they were the people who were basically uh, the real reason for the uh, Glen County uh, Board of Supervisors uh, signing a declaration uh, five to nothing. For separation from California? Yep. Whoa. Yep. Yes, did they that were. In 2014. Yes, they did. They're a great couple. Yeah, great couple. Anyway, we just love them and uh, a lot of fun. Monty and Patsy are two of the funniest people you've ever met. They can do stand up. It is, it's, yeah. they're crying funny. Yep. Anyway, here we are. Wynn Carpenter, my partner, Terry Raposa, my other partner. <laughs> partners in crime. Yeah, partners in crime. Me, myself, and I. Yep. Broadcasting live from KCNR 96.5 FM, where the music sounds better. <laughs> and 1460 AM, your talk radio. If you have a question, or when a comment, on. when it's on. on. When it's on? Yeah. You mean when the towers are up? Yep. Mm. <laughs> when the weather doesn't tweak it. Boy, I kill Joy. We're having so much fun, too. <laughs> That's my job. <laughs> you can call in at 530-605-4567, 605-4567. We're here with Jared, our producer and on the sound. How you doing there, buddy? Good. Good morning. Good morning. You having fun today? So far, so good. There good. You no go. one's hurt you yet, right? <laughs> Not yet. <laughs> Days young. <laughs> Anyway, so yeah, we're here and uh, hanging out. We've got some good things to talk about. This Monday night at 6 p.m. at 2570 South Bonneview Road, we will be having Shasta County Supervisor Joe Comenti coming in. He will be talking about the proposed Shasta County countywide sales tax of one cent. And I think it's very, very important that um, 
with the format we're going to use, that people come from the public. Everybody's welcome, 2570 South Bodyview Road at the church that shall remain nameless. And we encourage everybody to come and ask your questions. Uh, I guess the last couple of formats, from what I was told anyway, I could be wrong. And if I'm wrong about this, somebody call and correct me, please, or go to the chat room and collect me, uh, correct me. And um, the last couple of formats, I guess you could write your question on a 3 by 5 card, and then they figure out which ones they wanted to answer, the people up there that were doing the presentation. Well, we are going to ask Joe and the people with him questions right from the audience. So we'll have a mic on each side of the, uh, of the uh, aisles in the church, and you can walk over there and ask your question. Um, always being respectful, uh, but we need to get to the bottom of a lot of this, and uh, this whole position of a sales tax, um, which has gone up uh, two or three times before, has, been, has failed miserably. And I think a lot of that is we... We need to make sure that the money is going to where it's supposed to. Don't you think so, Wim? I, I absolutely do. I think we should do a forensic audit of the entire county first. Then we know exactly what we're dealing with, and then we do a 10% cut. How okay. about that? Why don't we try going the other direction? I think that's a great a great idea, you know, and we you know, we have so many uh, – the, the people in our county and the, are good hard workers, but the upper echelon uh, is paid extremely well. As they are in the <laughs> city of Reading. Extremely well. Yeah, extremely well. And, uh, in fact, there was somebody that uh, we found on uh, Transparent uh, California uh, that uh, shows all the uh, all the uh, salaries that people get. There's somebody, what what position do they hold that makes, oh, he's a, a fireman, $417,000 a year? $417,000. 417000 how do you live on that? <laughs> I don't know. It must be a stretch. Poor guy. What do you think, Jerry? Could you afford to live on that, do you think? 417000 a year? I don't know. <laughs> That's a tough one, buddy. It might be. Yeah, I buy a lot of. We'd have to try. Buy a lot of happy meals. <laughs> I need a happy meal. Yeah, right. To stay happy, you know. <laughs> Why do they call them happy meals anyway? Keep I those digress. kids happy in the back seat. We're going to have some uh, interesting conversation today. Um, we have Mark Baird who will be calling in, and uh, we're going to talk about the Constitution a bit today. Uh, I think there's some things that a lot of people just really don't grasp uh, in uh, in what who we are as a people. And I, I just don't know when people are going to have enough of what's going on in California. I don't, I don't know if they're going to have enough of what's going on in Shasta County. Are they aware? Uh, you know, uh, and, and reading about Red Bluff being number three in crime in, in, in the United States. Number three? I don't How get that because that? It, it, must crazy, be, huh? it must be a, a numbers game. A numbers game. Yeah. It's, um, and there's, what, 473 cities, I believe. I know that Jared's pumping this in right now. <laughs> and... Uh, so, but I think it's 473 or 475 uh, cities, and, and Red Bluff was number three. That was in the paper last week. And yeah, I would like to know where they got all their stats and information, and if you know if, if Red Bluff is actually putting all the stats in, you know they're probably the only one doing that. That's why their number is so well, here's bad. A, here's a question I have: Are the rest of them not doing it? Yeah, uh, here's yeah, right, and that's the question I have. I mean, uh, if if crimes are being committed, how many are being reported? Correct, and I think that's that's probably where they get their statistics from. I mm-hmm. don't, you know, and and so if you're not reporting a crime, and I know, for example, um, we had a mailbox that was completely torn out, and they stole the mail and all that stuff, and the, and uh, this happened, uh, uh, I think it was Saturday, and we were on a uh, neighborhood watch list, and we're on a it's called uh, Next Door, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yep, and uh, so it gives us in our area, you know, what's been going on. And, and some gal went out in her mailbox and she heard a big bang, and her mailbox was all torn up, and they stole her mail and everything. Well, she called the police, 
And the police said, uh, not my job, man. You need to call the post office, which she did. And I guess her response from the post office was pleasant and good. Uh, but, you know, it, it's one of those things where, you know, how much do we need to do to protect ourselves? So then that incident wasn't um, reported. I mean, it wasn't tracked then. If well, it wasn't, wasn't because if it, it wasn't, wasn't their job. A crime has been committed against their property I mean, and it's not well, their job. Well, when my car was broken into uh, and the window was smashed and it's there in the driveway and the guy was parked three down, houses down the street, one of my neighbors saw him. Basically, we got his license plate number, a picture of him, picture of the car, a picture of everything. Got him. He peels out, goes around the corner. We call the police. So the question that I got asked was, um, well, we'll go ahead and have an officer call you. So I'm saying, okay. So I, I call back, and I reported again. I said, I've got glass all over my driveway. No one's called me yet to come. Oh, do you want somebody to come there? <laughs> Well, I've got glass all over my driveway. The guy broke into the car. He broke the windows. You know, there's glass everywhere. I need to, you know, I need to, you know, yeah, somebody needs to come here because I want to clean it all up, but I don't want to clean up a crime scene. Right. Oh, okay. Well, we'll send somebody over. So finally they send somebody, and we gave them all the information. I mean, every we did everything but, but grab the guy ourselves, and eventually that's what happened <laughs> because the police finally showed up. They went down the street, and uh, they, they saw the guy parked on the side of the road and stopped him, and he was on probation, and he was, you know, all this stuff. Had, uh, you know, he had been, um, I, I, I don't know, drugs, everything, you name it, and uh, had all my stuff in the back of his car and a bunch of other people's stuff in the back of his car. Nice. So, you know, I mean, really and truly, I mean, gee, many Christmas. Gosh, so you, so you're the detective. You did all the work. Uh, we did all the work. Well, neighbors of mine. And, and, and then we got, of course, a, a letter uh, summoning us to a trial that's been put back, I think, twice now. Of course, they don't tell you it's put back. They just send you a new one. Mm. And then when they send it out to you, they, they it almost sounds like you're a criminal because they're sending it out saying, you know, you must be here, blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. I, I mean, I just, you know, I, I'm sorry. You know, I'm just maybe a little fed up with law enforcement, kind of. I, I guess I'll just say it. I'm I'm fed up with law enforcement and, and the way it, it's being. I, I saw on the side of the road the other day, I saw four Reading police officers with one homeless guy. Four. Four cars. Hmm. Four. Interesting. Uh, well, those guys are a menace to society, you know. Yep, yep, yep. Anyway, <laughs> with that, I think that uh, we've got Mark Baird on the line. Good morning, Sabi. How you doing? Good morning, everybody. How's it going? Uh, just ranting. Uh, <laughs> so I noticed you were talking about when your house uh, was broken into. But, um You know, I just want to remind everybody: the government has no duty and no responsibility to protect you from crime or violence or anything else. In fact, a lot of major cities now won't even investigate property crime. They're very upfront about it. They don't have enough people. They don't have enough resources. There's too much property crime going on. You can file a report for insurance purposes, but unless they see the person in the act or catch them in the act, they're not going to investigate property crime. Well, and if you catch somebody in the act, you've got to be careful of what you do physically because you could be arrested. Right. You well, would be, that's right. Yeah. I mean, if you... You know, we have classes periodically up here how to, in Siskiyou County, how to properly conduct a citizen's arrest. I think that's a, that's a great thing to go through because if you don't do that correctly, you can, you can be prosecuted yourself for false imprisonment or maybe even kidnapping. <laughs> great. <laughs> don't you just love it? Oh, I mean, it's, it's just the truth. And, you know, these guys, uh, a lot of these criminals, they're career criminals. And let me tell you, they know the system. 
They, they know how it works. They study it. They have classes in prison uh, that they give each other about how to be a, a more professional, a better crook, how to be a more effective crook, how to turn the tables on law enforcement. When you're apprehending a suspect, they, they, these guys in, in uh, state penitentiary give each other classes on if you're not uh, handcuffing correctly, how to break the officer's fingers while he's trying to handcuff you. I mean, you know, if you, if you are naive enough to think that evil isn't real, that evil is just this random act that seldom occurs and then, you know, it's never going to happen to me. Um, I don't need to do anything to prepare. I don't need to know anything. I don't need to be aware of my surroundings. I don't need to protect myself. Then you, you deserve whatever happens to you. But um, these things are real. It is true. Evil is not a concept. It's actually real. And the Constitution makes a provision for us to be able to protect ourselves from crime or violence because the government has no duty to do to protect you. And I can prove that with um, 10 cases I could cite right now and 25 more that are in my computer. It's amazing how that uh, works. Supreme, Supreme Court cases that tell you the government is not responsible to protect you. They have no obligation to protect you. You have the obligation to be responsible for yourself because, quite frankly, they, they're not omniscient. The government doesn't know where crime is going to occur before it occurs. They can't possibly be there before the fact to protect you. It's just not it's not. It's bloody unlikely. We'll put it that way. Well, you know the and thing. Go ahead. Well, the thing is too is that even in, in Cottonwood, they have a thing called the Community Watch, and our constitutional sheriff uh, basically called them vigilantes. They're, they're, and what they would do is they patrol around. They they may shine a flashlight on somebody who's trying to break in a house. You know, right. they try to call a deputy, but you know, and you know the, the sheriff's department is shorthanded. There's no question about it. But, you know, like you said, the police have no obligation to protect you. It used to be. In fact, I think that the police didn't carry guns. The citizen really did. And I think that we need to have community watches. And I think that we need to have a situation where we're, we're kind of going back in time a little bit because what's going on now with the police department, uh, I know I got pulled over the other day, uh, one time uh, not too long ago because the CHP told me I didn't have my seatbelt on. Well, it was on. I mean, you know. And he said, well, I saw you reach over and pull it over. I go, really? I go, you mean with the... the Here's a 70-year-old man with bursitis in his right shoulder, and I reached around there very stealthily as I was making a turn to pull the seatbelt over and, and connect it. And he goes, well, I could have sworn I saw that. I said, well, I didn't do it. I have, I have my seatbelt on. I always will. But, you know, with all the crime going on out here, I'm really, really, really excited about the fact that you're looking out for my welfare. <laughs> you know, so anyway, with that, I think that what we'll do here is we've got to go off to our first break there, Kimasabi, and then I want to come back and I want to talk about uh, some of the things we talked about yesterday. I want I want you to explain the core right uh, and how this is sort of some verbiage that's being used about the Second Amendment and other particular uh, um, issues we have with people uh, on the Constitution not uh, not wanting to follow it and saying, well, it's not really the core right of that amendment or the core right of this, the core right of that article. So with that, I think we'll go off for our first break. So time has come. For 51. Let's get her done.
stand for the flag and pledge our allegiance for the last of a dying breed. Last of a dying breed. Did you know that California was never supposed to be just one state? Before the state was formed in 1850, there was discussion of forming three states instead of one. California has an area larger than seven East Coast states combined, and it takes 14 hours to drive from one end of the state to the other. California is simply too large to govern. Rural communities are being outvoted by more densely populated areas. The state of Jefferson is the solution. Please visit SOJ51.net to show your support. This is Carl Lindebott, owners of KCNR Radio. We just want to say happy holidays from everyone at the KCNR family. With the giving season upon us, we wanted to thank you for living local. The Reddit community means a lot to us. So this season, as you're driving through town, doing your holiday shopping, support the advertisers that support this station. Local shops are often overlooked, but that's where you'll find the most unique and touching gifts this Christmas. Live local, listen local, love local. And from everyone here at KCNR, Merry Merry Christmas Christmas and and Happy Holidays. Holidays. Hi, I'm Sharon Clark of Home Helpers. It's amazing to look back at all the families we've touched since 2004, but our clients say it best. I want to express my deep appreciation for the love and support you and your... So fortunate to have an organization like Home Helpers. You never know how much your contribution meant or how greatly you touched our lives. Thank you so much for helping me care for my husband. After hearing what it's meant to them, I truly can't imagine doing anything else. When you need help for your loved one, choose Home Helpers. There is no place like home. I expect it to be a lot easier. I didn't know what step to take next. I was transitioning from the military. I was a vehicle gunner. An avionics specialist. I missed my unit. My family. Playing with my daughter, I felt like a stranger. I didn't have a clear sense of what to do next. And then I thought, if I'm going through this, other veterans have gone through it too, right? So I reached out, and I saw that I wasn't alone. Go to maketheconnection.net to learn how other veterans have overcome the challenges of transitioning out of the military. Did he say something you should have on the radio? Did he get the red button? <laughs> Almost. My elbow got the enter button. <laughs> it happens. It happens. Kimasabi, are you there, sir? Yeah. Hey, um, I want you to explore uh, ex- explore the avenue of how people were saying, well, but that's really not the core right of the amendment. Can you kind of lay that out for folks? Yeah, I mean, that's an easy trap to fall into. I caught myself falling into it because you read so many of these cases. 
and you read all this case law and you read the court, you know, papers that issue from the court, and, you know, we find ourselves in a position where we're being manipulated over a period of decades. And, and like I said, I, I, I fell into that trap myself and I kind of caught myself at it. And that was even in our own Second Amendment case where the Ninth Circuit uh, ruled in Peru to be San Diego on bank and the Supreme Court refused to rehear the case. And Justice Thomas, by the way, was livid about that. He was absolutely livid that he couldn't get a couple of other justices or enough justices to vote to rehear that case, and he called it a travesty against the Second Amendment. But what happened was the Ninth Circuit ruled, and it's effective in all 11 states of the Ninth Circuit Court, um, that the uh, the Second Amendment does not protect uh, concealed carry. It's not a right. Uh, it's not part of the right. It's not the core right, they call it. It's, it's a privilege, and, and states can regulate it, ban it, charge however much money they want. They can deny you that privilege. They can grant you the privilege or not, uh, however they see fit. And, that's, and then the court went on to say that the core right, if there is one, must be open carry because it isn't concealed carry. So, you know, now we'll go to the sheriffs now. The sheriffs uh, have... Uh, California, and in their filings, California admits this, the California, the state of California, has granted granted the authority to sheriffs to decide who may and who may not carry a, a loaded weapon in California cities, plazas, and streets, and I forget the exact verbiage they use. So now, if concealed carry is not the core right, then open carry must be, and sheriffs have the ability under 26150P2 of the Penal Code to issue open carry permits, and the state has granted that authority to them to say who can carry openly and who can't. Well, that means the Second Amendment isn't a right. It's a power held by the state, and the state has the power to confer that privilege on you or not confer it on you, and by the way, no sheriff in any of California's 58 counties has ever, not even one single time, granted that authority. So if open carry is the core right of the Second Amendment, it's not your right. It's the sheriff's right to grant or deny, and they deny it 100% of the time. So let's talk about a core right. What is a core right? Well, does that mean that the right to free speech is applicable in some areas but not applicable in others? And, uh, in fact, college campuses say that, you know, you might have a core right, but we're going to tell you where and when. And, and so this has also been applied to the Second Amendment. It's called manner and time. In other words, you may have the right to do something, but the government has the power to tell you when you can do it, and in what way you can do it. Well, what if they say you don't have any time that's applicable and there is no manner in which it's acceptable? What happens to your core right then? You have none. And that applies to the First Amendment as well, and, and it also applies to the Fourth Amendment. In other words, your core right to be protected from unreasonable searches is only when you have, quote, what the courts define as the reasonable expectation of privacy. Mm. Well, what is a <clears throat> what is a reasonable expectation of privacy? Well, I'll tell you, it's whatever the government says it is. So, do you really have a right to privacy, 
or does the government have the power to define when you have that right and where you have that right? And now remind you that the Constitution doesn't say you have the right to privacy, not at all. It says you have the right to be secure in your person's papers, property, and property and things. So you have the right to be secure, but only when the government says you do, when it says you do, and in the manner it says you do. So quite frankly, the Bill of Rights is absolutely meaningless if we defer to that core right principle. Now here's what a right is. It is the right to be free from all government interference. The Bill of Rights grants you nothing. The Second Amendment grants you nothing that you didn't already have except for this one thing, and that is to be free from government interference when you exercise rights that you already had before government was formed. Now, I want to just address the Second Amendment primarily, and then we'll talk about the First Amendment. You already had, from the time of your inception, from the time human beings were created, you had the right to life. Your life is a gift. You are born. You're created by your creator. He gave you that life. It is a gift to you. So if you have life and it's a gift to you, do you not have the ability to protect that life? All animals protect their own lives. All animals have defensive capabilities. Human beings are one of the few animals that don't have big claws, big fangs, the ability to overpower their adversary with strength alone. You know, we can't run 50 miles an hour. We don't weigh 450 pounds like a bear. We don't have claws like a badger or fangs like a raccoon. So we have to have tools to defend ourselves. Well, now the government that we created to serve us is telling you that only certain tools are okay. They're only okay in certain circumstances. They have to be shorter than this and longer than that. In other words, the rifle has to be, have a barrel that's at least 16 inches or else it's not an appropriate tool. And the manner in which you defend yourself is disqualified. A pistol has to be capable of being concealed. You, the state grants the authority to sheriffs to say who may and may not utilize the tools to defend themselves and where they might use them and where they may not use them. And I'm asking myself, and I don't know if I'm allowed to say this on the radio, but what the hell is going on here? We have a Bill of Rights. Does the bill mean nothing? And the answer to that is, under our current situation in the state of California and in a lot of other states, yes, the Bill of Rights means nothing. It means absolutely nothing. Because in California, you have no Second Amendment right. The state has the power to determine who gets to exercise the power of self-defense and who doesn't. You know, I, those are just some great points and um, very articulated really well. And, you know, when you look at what we have as far as uh, uh, law enforcement and, and where we are as far as law enforcement, you know, yeah, there isn't enough. There never will be enough police to protect us, and it's not their obligation to protect us. We need to protect ourselves. And, again, it's the type of thing where, okay, how much is enough, folks? I mean, how much is going to be enough for you to say, okay, we need to stand now and fight? I know that uh, in Idaho, a lot of folks are moving to Idaho. They're excited about, oh, we're going to go to Idaho where we can be free. Well, guess what, folks? <clears throat> we now have a left, 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 and did I say left-leaning um, mayor in Boise, the capital. Yeah. What happened? 
happened? Well, you know, here's what happened, Terry. Uh, here's uh, in just my humble opinion, and I just I'm looking at your chat room, and somebody says, "Why do we stand for this?" And I'll tell you why: is we don't stand for anything. And if you don't stand for something, this one country song keeps coming to mind. If you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. We allow our children to be indoctrinated in the socialist uh, uh, method of thought, and that's pure collectivism where all rights derive from the government, and the government is in charge of who may exercise and who may not exercise those rights, the when and where, the why, the how, the how much. And uh, we as a, a nation of people have lost our spine. Because here's, here's really what this boils down to. You have these rights. They were given you by God. They're pre-governmental rights. Who on earth would say to you that before the government of the United States existed and pioneers were just in the frontier, crossing the frontier, that they didn't have the ability to defend themselves, that they didn't possess the tools and they weren't allowed to use them? Who in their right mind would say that? And so now, all of a sudden, those same settlers and those same pioneers and the same uh, pilgrims from uh, Europe and all over the world, in fact, come to this nation and create a nation in order to defend the things we hold most dear, which is our liberty, from foreign aggression and from internal aggression even. We form this government to protect our liberty, and now all of a sudden the servant has become our master, and the government we we form to preserve liberty is now telling us that we don't have that same liberty, and they'll back that up with jail and prison. And I have to say, I've got to agree with you about one thing. When you abdicate your morality, when you voluntarily give up your liberty, there aren't enough policemen possible on the planet to defend you against the evil that will eventually come your way. And if you doubt that's happening... Ask your grandparents what kind of town Red Bluff was. Ask your grandparents what kind of town Anderson was. Ask your grandparents what kind of town Redding was. Or in Siskiyou County, Little Wairika and Fort Jones and some of the communities up here. Ask your grandparents whether they took the keys out of their car, whether they ever locked their back doors. Ask your grandparents how neighbors treated one another when they had faith and morality. And when a liberty and, and rights were, were paramount of importance, and when people took care of themselves and their neighbors, ask your grandparents that. And then ask your parents how society began to change. And ask your parents how the towns became different than the ones that they grew up in. And then ask yourselves, how do you like the fact that you can't leave anything that you're afraid for UPS to drop the package on your front porch because somebody will steal it before you get home from work. Well, a good example of that, we had a neighbor who came by the other day and said, I'm, we're going to the post office because someone's been walking around stealing the mail in the neighborhood. Would you like us to take your mail with us to the post office? And, yeah. you know, I mean, the, the thing, I, I remember in 1976, the very first neighborhood watch meeting I went to, the police officer came in and said, well, we just don't have enough police. You know, we just don't have enough police. We just don't, we'll, we'll never have enough police. But frankly, law, the, the, the sheriff of these counties isn't, isn't, is going against the Constitution. I wish we could, I, I, I mean, I almost wish we could do it, you know, <clears throat> title, is it Title 18, Code Section 242? 241 and 242. Well, 242 for the color of law, yeah. Okay, so... Color of law and authority. Right, I mean, you know, I almost wish we could go after these guys for a felony. I mean... Well, why can't you? Well, here's the deal. The deal is, is that 
if we were told that if, if, if we open carry, and the sheriff told us this at a meeting, that he'd arrest us if he caught somebody open carry. Now, if you, okay. He will arrest you for the open carry, him. and he has the power to do it. Right, because it's a power, and it's taking away our rights. The problem is. You is, don't is, have a right. The we don't have, has not in power. this state. Not in this state. And, folks, I don't know how much longer. I mean, and once we're going to go to a quick break here, but once we get back from the break, we're going to talk about uh, how this applies to the, the First Amendment, uh, how it applies to speech, how it applies, and how it applies to the Fourth Amendment. Uh, ladies, uh, if you're standing there next to a police officer, you don't want them in your purse, you better make sure it's closed. Anyway, we'll get back to all that right after the break because time has come. For 51. Let's get her done.
Place your hand on his Bible when you swear to tell the truth. His name is on our greatest monuments, all our money too. When we pledge allegiance, there's no doubt where we stand. There's no separation. We're one nation under him. In God we still trust. Here in America, he's the We do trust. And uh, that's one of the things that's been wrong, as Mark has been saying. But we were talking about core right, and we were talking about the First Amendment and the Fourth Amendment. And last night... Uh, you made a you did a great example when we were talking last night on uh, as your wife had her purse open you were explaining to her uh, what a police officer can do and how it's uh, I don't know it's sort of a gray area in the Fourth Amendment you want to explain that to folks well yeah I mean if you uh, you, you know the Fourth Amendment is your right to be secure and your and it doesn't mean sort of secure it doesn't say kind of secure. It doesn't say secure when no one can look in. It says you have the right to be secure in your house, your person, your your property, and your papers. So, you know, now what this has morphed into, because we don't have constitutional law in this country, we have case law in this country, it's morphed into you might be secure if the government decides you had a reasonable expectation of privacy. Mm-hmm. Now, what's, what's the reasonable expectation? In other words, if your purse is sitting next to your desk and it's open, then you're inviting people to look in it, and you therefore don't have a reasonable expectation of privacy in that. If your house has a fence around it with a locked gate, including the driveway, where not even the mailman could walk up to your front porch, then you have a reasonable expectation of privacy. But if you have a house that has a front yard and a driveway, where the UPS man and the mailman can walk up to your front door, then you don't have a reasonable expectation of privacy outside the, your, the physical four walls of your house. If your drapes are open and someone can see in and see your marijuana laying on the table or your semi-automatic rifle, your contraband semi-automatic rifle laying on the table, you don't have a reasonable expectation of privacy from that being confiscated or a search being initiated. If you have your drapes closed all the time, you've created a reasonable expectation of privacy. So here, here is the Fourth Amendment. It is a bucket with a bunch of holes drilled in it, and you're sitting there trying to fill it with water all the time. And unless you yourself tape up every hole so no one can see in it, no one can look in it, no one can go near it, you're not, you don't have an expectation of privacy. Uh, even in, at my ranch, um, if I don't have an eight-foot fence that's constructed of solid wood or steel or whatever that no one can look over, no one can easily see over, oh, and by the way, that won't protect me because they could always drive up the hill and look over it anyway, then everything I do inside that open field is uh, subject to search because I don't have a reasonable expectation of privacy Unbelievable. just because I have a no trespassing The sign. Gestapo. And you... And you, it's Gestapo, and you look at free speech, it's the same thing, free speech zones. Some speech is protected, but some speech, you know, you have the core right to certain types of speech. But you, you, in this state, it's going to be against the law for hate speech. Well, here's the problem with that. Who decides? Here's the problem with the core right of the Second Amendment. 
who decides? Here's the problem with having reasonable expectation of privacy. Who decides? And it's not you. And if it's not you that decides what your right is, you don't have a right. You have a permission. And that's the problem. And what I'd like to do, kind of in maybe in the next segment, I'd like to talk about solutions because there are some. Go for it. And and we need to, well, I'll, I'll do it now then. Go for it, yeah. I mean, first, first of all, we do need to have citizens' committees. We do need to hold the government accountable. We do need to ensure our own liberty because the government we form to serve us is not doing that job. So there are certain things that, uh, for example, in Shasta County, I would suggest. I would vehemently oppose the king of the sheriff's department, Idaho Tom, from hand-picking his own successor. I would vehemently oppose that in front of the Board of Supervisors, and I would demand a special election. They said it's unlawful. What's unlawful? Really? Yeah, they, Did they said quote that the law that makes it unlawful. They, well, I guess because they said that we there is no way that we could um, uh, have an election for a sheriff that he's going to be appointed. There's no way legally, and I'm not really well, sure. There, the is, there is a way. It's called a ballot. Well, according to the Board of Supervisors, or at least according to what uh, our sheriff even said on the radio, that he had talked to quote quote an attorney, and uh, it well, you, you could have an election. Your Board of Supervisors and your sheriff are liars. Huh. And I would vehemently oppose that as the people of huh. Shasta County because that's how kings do it. They handpick their own successor, ensuring his success in the next election. Right, and, and I think that, an incumbent. Yeah, that's an important, and, uh, important point, that the person who gets appointed now becomes an incumbent. And, you know, for the uh, person who's maybe a, non, uh, you know, a non-informed voter or somebody who maybe just doesn't care, or likes things the way they are, uh, that person who is the uh, is the selection of or you know got the baton passed to he, him or her, that person becomes the um, incumbent. And we all know what the uh, what happens in races um, uh, when the incumbent's running. I mean, what like ninety five percent of the time they win, and you know. But but we were told that we couldn't have an election. So I don't know. I mean, is anybody else six zero five four five six seven six zero five four five six seven or get on the chat room. <clears throat> we were told that we could not have an election. So uh, go well, ahead, Mark. You were, you were elaborating There's on another aspect of this. I, I think it's time for us all, uh, and I'm going to suggest this as, at our uh, local uh, political meetings, um, that we start forming citizens' committees. And, and it, what why don't we do they call have? Them, why don't we just call them neighborhood watches? What they have. What what I'm what sorry? teeth? In other words, the, what, this is something Joe Comenti wants to do with Shasta County with his new tax thing. He's saying, "Well, we're going to have a citizens' oversight committee." But legally, no, uh, I'm not talking about a citizens' oversight okay. committee. I'm talking about citizens' committees to patrol our own neighborhood. Oh well, we that we're called vigilantes. They tried that in Cottonwood. In fact, a couple of them are in a court case. Okay. okay. Well, if that's what they call it, then that's what they call it. But we are the people. And it is we who decide what, how government behaves, not government who decides how we behave. I don't care what they call me. I still have the right to protect my own life and my property and my family and my community. And the Second Amendment does not confer that right on me. It guarantees me freedom from government interference because the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. Well, and, they also and we protect our rights with numbers. Mark, we they also protect our rights with action. They also keep forgetting that they're telling us what we can't do, but we are the employers. 
They keep forgetting they exactly. work for us. We exactly. are to tell them what to do, what not to do, when to do it, and so forth. They keep forgetting that, or they don't even acknowledge it or aren't even aware of it. So they just keep playing this game, and they keep getting people buffaloed. They're aware of it. They, here's, yeah. here's the long-term solution, though. We need to demand of our government in Washington City back east, we need to demand that the state of California is engaged in sedition, and we need to demand statehood to guarantee our own liberty. Give me an example of the sedition. An example of the sedition. Acts in opposition, active acts in opposition to the Constitution of the United States, knowingly and willfully. A violation of Title VIII, Section 1324 by our governor, harboring and shielding illegal aliens. Violation of of, uh, Article uh, 2, Section 10, Clause 4. Article 1, Section 10, Clause 4, uh, making agreements with foreign countries and with uh, yep. other states without the consent of Congress. Yep. Um, violation of your oath of office. Violation of our Article 3 of the California Constitution that says the Constitution of the United States is the highest law of the land. Um, declaring Second Amendment to be a government power instead of a right. I mean, I could go on and on and on. Yeah, and, and, that's, a, and, you know, and, and that's a good point. I mean, all those, and folks, that's... Mark's absolutely one billion percent correct. I mean, we have a we have a state government that's breaking the law, not just not just avoiding and not living up to the oaths they took to the California Constitution and the United States Constitution, but also they're violating Title uh, Title Eight, Code Section thirteen twenty four. They're harboring and shielding illegal aliens, and that's a felony. Yeah, it's true. So if if we have felons in charge of our government, then we certainly have the right as people to demand that we not be subject to the rule of felons. And we want our own state. We also have a court case we have against the state of California. This would benefit all Californians. And, and we're talking about adequate representation. Now, here's the argument from the uh, Keep It California people and the rest of the chills for the socialists in Sacramento. And it's, well, you have the same amount of representation everybody else does. But what I'm talking about is reducing the amount of power that each individual assemblyman and senator has because there are so few of them. It is easy to ram these laws down our throats when the people at large, and certainly in large swaths of the geography of California, do not wish these things to be implemented are absolutely harmed by these laws that are being implemented and would never agree to them had they any voice in the legislature. So what what our court case will do is force the state of California to implement a representation scheme where vastly smaller districts are represented by each person and therefore their elected representatives would not be able to form a separate agenda from those who elect him because it would be cheap and easy for a smaller district to get rid of this bum when he double-crosses them or when he doesn't follow the law. For example, it would be cheap and easy to get rid of the Daly clan for voting to rip out four perfectly good dams on the Klamath River when 80% of the people in Siskiyou County voted not to remove those dams. But our elected representatives vote to remove them and we have not the voice because 
every assemblyman represents 500,000 people, like, say, seven counties, and every senator, like Ted Hu and, uh, and, and now uh, one, of the, one half of the Dali monarchy, represents one million people, 11 counties. Well, he doesn't care what a small county thinks. He, he couldn't care less. He doesn't even want to be here. He hardly ever shows up here. He never does anything here. But if we had a state senator of our own, he would have to be responsible for us. He would have to fight for us. If Shasta County had a state senator or two of their own, he would have to fight for them because it would be cheap and easy for the people of Shasta County to get rid of this bum. When we talk so to that's what our that's what our lawsuit hopes to achieve. Right. And in that process, we hope to develop enough political power so that we can break away from the state of California and prevent these things from ever happening to us again. You know, so there are answers to these questions, folks. There are ways to defeat the evil that is most certainly coming your way. And if you doubt that, look at every failed socialist government on earth, and all you have to do is see the amount of poop in the road in San Francisco and the needles that have to be shoveled up in the city of Los Angeles with 50,000 homeless and all the crackheads stealing your mail in your own community while the government sits there saying, oh, well, we just don't have enough policemen and crying broke and crying poor while they steal the last nickel you're ever going to have. If you think I'm not serious about this, take a look around you. Take a little drive today and see whether your grandfather's community is your community. Well, we were told, again, in Shasta County, that the sheriff, basically, and the Board of Supervisors, they get to a point who our next sheriff is because uh, our current sheriff is retiring early. You're saying that's not the case, and I think that you had told me this once before because didn't didn't that happen in Siskiyou County where they said they would have a special election? Can you explain that? No, um, we are we are fearful that our sheriff is going to do the same thing, retire a little early, try okay. to handpick his successor. But I believe our board of supervisors has the constitutional backbone to say not on not on your life. We'll have a special election, no matter when that election occurs. I mean, are you crazy? to allow an elected official to turn around and handpick his uh, successor? Well, why doesn't every sheriff just do that? Go go uh, two-thirds of your term, then retire, handpick your successor, then he goes two-thirds of his term, retire, handpick your successor, then he goes two-thirds of his term. That's how kings do it. They pick the idiot son, and they put him on the throne. Well, how do you know this guy? How do you know what his qualifications are? How do you know he represents you? Because he's going to be representing you, and in this case, whether you like it or not. Well, the last... Uh, is, that, the last... is that constitutional republic, really? Right. I would, I would challenge that in court in a heartbeat and get an injunction against that in municipal, in superior court in Reading and say you will not handpick your successor if you're an elected official. That's the most ridiculous well, he, I mean, thing he, I've ever heard in my life. Well, yeah, but the thing is, is it's not a direct thing. The Board of Supervisors is the one who's heading it up saying basically, you know. Well, I, I don't care who's complicit in the crime. Right. It's still a crime. Well, you know, the other thing, too, is that that, that uh, a gentleman named uh, Green ran against uh, Basinko the last election. And um, he ran straight out of the chute. Now, I'm going to go back to the election before the last election in which uh, Basenko's uh, opponent dropped out because he figured the best he'd get 18%. He was not going to even get close. 
Well, when Green ran against Vasenko the last time, he got 47% right out of the chute. And, and so, I don't know, does that have something to do with Tom retiring early? Don't know. But the point is, is that really and truly, why isn't this guy allowed to run for office? And maybe some other people, too. And, I mean, it's just... Uh, we just keep letting this happen, and we have and, and, and this thing with this one cent sales tax. I mean, they're going to have a citizens oversight committee. That's what they're trying to sell us. The citizens, folks, uh, they don't have any jurisdiction over the money. They can't tell. Well, you know, you can't really spend the money for this county. They have no well, jurisdiction. Look, I, I I would ask you guys. Uh, you know, have you got one? liberty-minded attorney in town that would file injunction no. uh, file an injunction against that. And then I would ask Guy Green, who who seemed to do okay in the last election, he didn't win, but I think he, he like you said, he got a fair percentage of the vote. 47. I mean, that kind of thing, that's not fair to him. Ask him to be a named plaintiff in the deal and file an injunction against Tom Basinko and the Board of Supervisors to prevent them from hand-picking a successor to an elected official. I can't even believe that. Well, that's so outlandish, it defies description, and and just don't allow it. You know, in other words, start, get a line in the sand and, and ask people to, to stand with you and stop this travesty of justice. It would be a heck of a good signal to the counties around you, and it would also be a signal to the state of California that the people are starting to stand for something. Well, tomorrow night... At 2570 South Bonneview Road, 2570 South Bonneview Road, at a church that shall remain nameless, we are having Joe Comanti in. These questions and all these things we've talked about today should be brought up. And that's up to you folks. You need to show up, come there, get a seat, and we're happy to hand you the microphone. Okay? We're happy to hand you the microphone to ask those questions. The problem is, is nobody will ask those tough questions because maybe we should talk about this next week a little bit or maybe on the next program. Maybe somebody could call in. Let's talk about political criminals because they're not really criminals, are they? Are they politically made criminals? Kimisabi, we got one minute, so can you bring us home, sir? Well, what I want to say is that over the history of the United States and even the prehistory of the United States because uh, uh, the, the fossil Nancy Pelosi was reading from the Constitution the other day in support of the idea of impeaching a lawfully elected president of the United States. But what she omits is, you know, now all of a sudden the socialists are all behind the Constitution, but they're not behind all of it. They're only behind the parts they think that will serve them. Because if they're wrapping themselves in the flag, then they must be wrapping themselves in the First Amendment, the Second Amendment, the Fourth and Fifth Amendments, all the amendments, and they're not. So you ask yourself, what did your forefathers fight for? What did my great-great-grandfather die for? What did my grandfather fight for, my father fight for? What did I fight for? What did all the men who died on the beach in D-Day fight for? Why did they bother? Why did the men at Lexington stand against 700 of their own soldiers of, a, of their own government who came to kill 